We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. This is the Pack a Day People's Court. The plaintiffs, Chris Schimmel and Dan Kotnick. They accuse Mike McCarthy and the Packers of murdering the offense. They claim that the suboptimal offensive production has not only been disappointing, but also been so bad it's criminal. They feel justice needs to be done for the fans of this team, who they believe have been robbed of witnessing the full glory of this Aaron Rodgers-led offense. They're suing for mental anguish, emotional distress, and professional malpractice leading to the death of the Green Bay Packers offense. These are the defendants, head coach Mike McCarthy and his offense. After losing back-to-back games on the road against the Rams and the Patriots, Mike McCarthy said, well, well, not much. He says that the team isn't playing clean football and things can turn around if players start to execute. Along with their coach, the offense as a whole is being listed as a co-defendant, with names including Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Randall Cobb, and Jimmy Graham, among others. While they admit they could be doing better, how much is each one truly at fault? You'll hear all the evidence and arguments here in the Pack-A-Day Court. Welcome in, everybody. We are here at the Pack-A-Day Court. That's right. Chris and I are taking this Packers offense to the courtroom. It is litigation time. Your host on the Pack-A-Day podcast today, Dan Connick, and my partner in the uh, courtroom today, I should say, Chris Schimmel. Uh, Chris, it was another rough game 
that we had to sit through and uh, and watch this past week against the New England Patriots. And I think you and I both would agree that the offense, again, one more time, the downfall of this Packers team, which is something that you normally would never say with an Aaron Rodgers-led team. But there it is again. We're at this position that the Packers and this offense have uh, given them no opportunity, really, to win games like this. Yeah, and, you know, I love taking them to court. You know, the, the law firm of Kotnick and Schimmel. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. double K. You know, another, <laughs> you know the, it's just another heartbreaking loss that they were in it. They had plenty of opportunities to win it, and it just slipped out of their fingers once again. And this happens from time to time to every great team, but when it becomes repetitive, it shows that your team – isn't fully disciplined. And I feel like that's, that's, that's coaching. This happens way too often. Yeah, I would, I would definitely agree. And I think that's, I think that is why Mike McCarthy is listed as our main defendant in this courtroom case today, because like I said, it, it came to me just randomly thinking about it today is Mike McCarthy is killing the offense. Like who's like who's killing this offense? I mean, there's there's so much potential here that you can't you can't be giving this kind of output offensively, ranking 19th in points overall, 20th in rushing. You can't have this kind of potentially these players on the team and have this kind of output without some kind of huge glaring blame. And so I think today that's what we want to do: take these guys to court. Who is to blame? for this Packers offense. And I, I think we start in the most obvious place and uh, you know, probably who gets most of this blame is the head coach of Mike McCarthy. And I don't mean to, you know, beat a dead horse here, but I mean, we're at the point now that every single week, this has to be a talking point because it just seems like there's more and different ways that maybe not that he shows off his, uh, ability or lack of creativity, but um, you kind of see more and more different options or, or different things that point out those errors. Like you were kind of talking about off air, the Patriots and all of those new little wrinkles and gadget plays. When's the last time the Packers have run anything like that? Yeah, you know, and this whole staleness and no creativity with Mike McCarthy, this has been a conversation, a topic for a long time. This Remember going back to 2015 when mm-hmm. the Packers offense was struggling? Rodgers went how many games with a pass rating below 100? And the Packers were, you know, breaking the cardinal sin of football, which is they were boring to watch. And this has been going on for a while now. And if you just take a look, going back to 2017, the Packers are 10, 13, and 1. Six of those 10 wins needed a fourth quarter comeback. Eight of those losses were by nine points or more. And over that time period, they're 18th in points and 18th in yards per play. McCarthy's supposed to be this offensive guru, this offensive genius. And yet you have Aaron Rodgers, probably the best quarterback in the league today. Devontae Adams is emerging as one of the best receivers. Scantling is emerging as finally a good deep threat for the Packers. And, you know, he had another great breakout game. And then, of course, St. Brown has some maturing to do. And add in Jimmy Graham and you th- and Aaron Jones, you think, what's the problem here? You have it on paper. What's going on? 
Yeah, and I think if you're if we're back to our courtroom, if we're putting in evidence to the staleness of this of this offense, and it's something that's really kind of been brought up recently in the past couple of games, is how many times can this team run a screen pass on a crucial second or third down play? I I was screaming oh, yeah, the, on a third the, and goal. The, the op- their opening drive, their opening drive, third and goal. And it was almost like, all right, get the field goal unit ready. Even before the play was even called, yeah. we're just going to check it down. We'll regroup on the sidelines and talk it over. No, 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 no. You don't do that during the game. You're supposed to become absolutely prepared for every single situation against this team. Cause they're, against the Patriots, there's no way, you know, how you always teams always say, Oh, well, we're just focusing on, you know, next week's opponent. Well, come on, they they had this game marked on their calendars as yeah. a big game. And for them, for that to happen is that once again, that's on coaching. So that's another thing on Mike McCarthy. And and then also, I mean, on top of it too, just you, the lack of creativity kind of gets doubled up when there's just a clear misuse of your talent on this yes. team. I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, the Patriots are without Gronk and they're without Sony Michelle. And they still played well. Of course, you know, going into the fourth quarter, it was tied at 17. And, you know, it really wasn't a slugfest that everyone thought it was going to be. But the Patriots were still doing whatever they could to move the ball. And, you know, Tom Brady even said the Packers looked like they had to fight for every single yard they had to get. And it really looked that way. Well, the Patriots at times made it look easy. But, of course, Brady once through seven straight incompletions. So he had his moments too. But at the same time, you know, it didn't seem like that at the end of the game when it mattered most. And I look at the Packers, and I see, you know, their their machine, their car, requires premium gas in order to run. The Patriots, they just need regular gas, and they'll have just as much, if not more, horsepower and torque. And I feel that's – and the problem, though, is I feel that Packers have some premium players, and they're not using them correctly. It's like – it's like they have this great automobile, this great car with great horsepower, but McCarthy doesn't know how to drive drive stick. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's just like jerking it's like, all around. Yeah, it's like here's here's your Ferrari to go drive. Oh, I don't know how to drive stick. Well, just just learn it as you go. Blow an engine or two. You right. know, it, it, it's so frustrating. Well, and and you bring up that you know them running Cordero Patterson at running back. You know, putting your best playmakers. Yes on the field and and you have a running back in Aaron Jones that can't even see time at running back because you you've know, got this whole system and then Mercedes Lewis I keep jumping on his you know bandwagon for getting more more playing time and putting put into the you, wrinkles and it's kind of crazy to think that he was actually pro football focus's highest rated player for the Packers at that game kind of you know it's like you didn't even notice that he was almost on the field and I love that you brought up Patterson because the Patriots have a history of using players like, uh, you know, he's a wide receiver kick returner, put him in at running back. And of course, Mike Vrabel, the coach of the Titans, he was a linebacker for him, but they put him in at tight end and he caught a couple touchdowns, even one in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And then you look at, you know, Troy Brown, an old wide receiver, they needed cornerback. So they put him at defensive back. They put the most talented players on the field and they do whatever they can do to win. And the Packers don't do that. They're just not as creative. Yeah, and on top of on top of creativity, the thing that I think sticks out to me too is and Andy kind of hit on this in his uh post-game recap yesterday is just the absolute lack of chemistry 
and energy that you see in this team. And so, I mean, when there's, when you're running these plays that are very basic and they're not working, just the whole, it, it, it comes through the TV, the whole, just, there's no energy behind this offense. And I think that falls at the head of that falls at the feet of your head coach is because, I mean, you've got to find some way to invigorate this team. You've got to do something and that that's your job as the head coach. And I think that the lack of energy and chemistry with this offense, you know, some of it falls with Aaron Rodgers. and we'll get to him in just a second, but I mean, as a head coach, you've got to, it's obviously not working and you haven't done something different to make it work. And I think that's the biggest crime of all is you really haven't done anything to change this up. Yeah. And, and if you listen to his, uh, his press conference today, oh. he doesn't even change. It doesn't even change the way he approaches the press conference. It's the same. It's the same answers. Not only does he not change it on the field, but he, it's the same exact answers every single time you ask him a question. And, you know, yeah. in some of these questions, it's like, I just want to ask them, you know, you read the definition of insanity, you know, you do the same <laughs> thing over and over and, and expect a different results. You know, you don't have the receiving core of 2011. Mm-hmm. You know, if you take a, if you take a look at the Patriots, their playbook and the plays they run the last few years and compare what they did in 2010, 2011, it's different because they adapt, they change things. You yeah. know what I mean? It, it, it that's that's why you know i was talking uh, i was watching it with my girlfriend's dad and he said you know the packers need to find their identity and i said i i, I can't stand it when people say they need to find their identity you know why the patriots are so good because they don't have an identity they can change things up play to play drive to drive game to game that's why they're so hard to prepare for if you have an identity you're easier to game plan for it's a good they can point. mix it up one game Oh, we'll throw it 45 times a game and we'll light you out. Oh, the next game we'll run it 35 times and throw it only 25 times. You know, they mix it up. So you don't know what they're going to get the Packers. You know, it's, you know, it, we're, we're going so to, we're going to run, we're going to run the ball, you know, probably about 50% of the plays on the very first drive to try and establish the run. You're probably going to mm-hmm. see one play action pass in that first drive. And then, when it comes down to the last, you know, little bit of it, if it's tight at all, McCarthy's going to clam up and that, and it gets, yep. and it, that gets very tight. Yeah. I always tell people, you know, it's not about finding a, you know, it's not about finding an identity, Just finding an identity and identity and uh, being consistent are two different things. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and also what's crazy to think is that, Aaron Jones had 14 carries left uh, against the Patriots. That's his, that's the most carries he's ever had in a game. And it didn't even feel like he had that much. That's all at the feet of McCarthy. Mm-hmm. So right now he better just plead guilty or no contest <laughs> right. for this because we have all this evidence in front of you and he's, and he'd probably defend himself in court the way he answered those questions at the press conference today. Oh, well, you know, <laughs> I mean, we didn't play a clean fourth quarter. That, that's, no, that's, it, it, comes, it comes back to the fundamentals. You know, you, you need to execute. That's the play. You know, that's just, you, know, you know, you know, you know, we play a lot of football, you know, in the National Football League. You know, you got to execute, you know, this is the play, run it. If it doesn't work, then, you know, you need to work harder in practice. Like, dude. But you got to mention pad you, level. You got to mention the pad level. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's like, do you really think Belichick says that? All right, huh. it's like, okay, dude, all right, you're not very quick. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to scheme you open this way because you're too talented not to right. not to use you. To, to be fair, to be fair, uh, you don't get much more out of Belichick's press conferences, but the difference is Belichick wins consistently. So exactly. he gets kind of the Greg Popovich treatment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> plus, yeah, I love a – Speaking of Belichick's press conferences, I think it was last season, he walks into the press conference and he's sitting there at the podium looking at everybody. And I literally was like trying to count and it was like a solid 15, 20 seconds before somebody finally (laughs) asked him the question (laughs) because everyone was so So scared. And and McCarthy is the opposite. It's like, I can't wait to just throw a question at him right when he gets there, you know? Right. Well, you're afraid he's going to walk out after a minute and a half of his post-game press conference. Um, so <laughs> we've established our case against Mike McCarthy. That one's pretty clear. But obviously not all of the blame, or at least, you of know, there, there's there's other people involved here too. And I think we start at the second team most. Sport. Yes, team sport. So there's more going around. We start with Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback. Obviously not himself this year, but – Regardless of injury, there has been there has been a few too many times that he has not looked himself, and by that I mean some of those some of the throws that I've seen him make this year just don't look Aaron Rodgers esque, and right. it kind of you know, scares like, me. And you know, it scares me. And then all of a sudden, he'll hit you know Jimmy Graham for the touchdown, right? And then you're like, okay, is he going to be back? Uh, nope. So even Rodgers has been very inconsistent. I'm not saying it, it can't come back. I don't think people are going to say, "Oh, well, Rodgers, is this the is he going down?" You know, right. you know, it's the rest of his career. It's like, trust me. Remember in the mid 2000s when Favre was playing terrible, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, look what happened at the end of the decade. He was lighting it up when he finally got better teammates and a and of course new coach. He was better under McCarthy than under Sherman. And so I'm thinking, you know, Rodgers can bounce back. He needs to adjust his game. Kind of like when Michael Jordan got older, instead of he started really developing that uh, fadeaway jump shot and mm-hmm. changing his game. Rogers is going to have to learn to do that. And I feel with Rogers' confidence in himself, he's always going to believe, oh, I'm just going to break down the play, roll to my right, do all this. He's always going to think he's going to be able to do that. But he's going to have to learn, you know, get some tough love to say, learn to hit your check down more. You know, the difference between Brady and Breeze and Rodgers is they take what the defense gives them. And Rodgers is more like, I'm going to take what I want when I want it. Right. And I feel that's going to get you into trouble at times. So, uh, well, I mean, you kind of hit the the Jimmy Graham touchdown pass. I mean, even that one, the ball is just a smidge too late. And, it, you know, if Patrick Chung is able to make, you know, get his arm up there just a little bit sooner, he probably makes that play, a play on a ball that Aaron Rodgers usually throws just that just a little bit better. That was like that was the difference between him and everybody else with, with, and, with and, throws like that. Yeah. And another play that just drove me nuts was, of course, after the defense made the great stand at the goal line against the Patriots, the Packers get the ball, they're backed up. It's third down, and he eventually, you know, Randall Cobb runs a deep route, and I'm thinking, why is Cobb running the deep route when you have Scantling or even Adams, slot receiver who's probably running in the four sevens right now, who has lost a step. He runs the deep route, and yet Rodgers still overthrows him by like a solid eight, ten yards. Yeah. 
it's like, what are you doing? Like that was, there's no way even Jordy in his prime could have jumped up and got that ball. And so of course that's number one, the play calling for McCarthy. And then two Rogers in another play, uh, another third down it was third and four and Rogers, uh, I think end up having to throw it away. But I remember looking, thinking, all right, every receiver is 25 yards downfield, mm-hmm. third and four, you know, it, it, it's so frustrating to watch. It is. And I, and I then you, a lot. right. Well, I mean, then it, I mean, it's like, that comes back against to McCarthy and yeah. it, it's hard to watch Aaron Rodgers kind of struggle through this offense. And again, some of it is on him not making the reads, not making throws properly. Yeah. And I think if, you know, if we're looking back at this in our courtroom setting, he's probably guilty of at least a little bit of this. Oh, but I definitely. Think, I think the charges against him are so small and you take into account the, uh, they're, they're, past, they're misdemeanors. Mis- right. They're misdemeanors. You right. Know, they're not first degree homicide. At the same time, this, this proves the, how crucial it is for the coach quarterback to have a good relationship. It's mm-hmm. crucial. You know, Brady with Belichick, Montana and Walsh, Favre and Holmgren. And I feel that this Rogers McCarthy relationship's heading toward divorce. Yeah. I mean, they've, yeah. it's, it just seems they, they've never had that kind of chemistry. It feels like, and now, yeah. you know, more so uh, as, as, as the years have gone on. So I think Aaron Rodgers gets off for time served or, you know, <laughs> anything else, maybe some community service. Have a, a very, very light probation at most, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, let's move to the, the wide receiving tight end core here. We'll kind of combine all of the, you know, this, this group here together as we kind First of want up, to run... Randall Cobb, take your yeah. seat. <laughs> yeah. Put him on, put him on the, uh, the witness stand because, um, th- I think this is one of the more interesting ones about which way to kind of go with Randall Cobb because he comes in are, yeah. five five catches twenty only twenty four yards out of this. I think that there's a there's obviously a decline in his ability, mm-hmm. and I think that it's obviously showing. But again, you have to kind of scheme around the player ability, don't you? Absolutely, and and it's you know of those five catches, four of them were behind the line of scrimmage yeah <laughs> which just shows you you know it's, it's almost just wide receiver screens with him mm-hmm. it's like they don't even trust him to beat a guy in man-to-man coverage which is why you scheme a player over and do some crossing routes do some rubs some picks because i can guarantee you if you i hate i always hate comparing uh, belichick at him because of course belichick can make everybody look good right i have a feeling belichick can make cobb look younger again you know because yeah cobb right now is Cobb's averaging only 9.9 yards per catch. That's tied for his career low tying last season. And, and the crazy part is, is with Cobb, he actually, uh, he's averaging 51.6 yards per game, which is, is going to be the highest since 2015. It shows you how poor he's been the last few seasons. He's on pace for only 516 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, right now he should be charged with stealing money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would. I mean, you kind of hit on him having to beat man coverage, and not only man coverage in this game, but it, how many times did they show Jimmy Graham and Devonte Adams having those brackets, those double teams? Mm-hmm. That means that you are in single coverage every single time. And I know, I know, I just said about scheming guys open, but if you're in single coverage every 
time that they're lining up as in man defense, you've mm-hmm. got to be able to find yourself to get open. Especially when you used to be a stud. Right. And you're and you're not going up against their top corners. Top corners, Stephon Gilmore, he's going to be on Devontae Adams all game. Mm-hmm. And the other good corner and safeties, they're going to be covering Jimmy Grant, which means you're going up against either mediocre or scrubs. And you got to take advantage of that. It's like it's like with the on defense, when you have your best pass rushers being double teamed, that means the other defenders are going to have to take advantage of being of going up against guys one on one and get to the quarterback. Same thing with Cobb, and he's failed miserably so far this year. Yeah. Um, so we're kind of running long. I want to jump. Let's let's get to Aaron Jones as our last uh, defendant on the stand. A guy that you and I have really liked this year. We, we've still been do. big Aaron. Just still do. Um, but found himself as the goat and that's lowercase G not the uh, Aaron (laughs) Rodgers, Tom Brady goat this game with that fumble at the, at the most crucial part of the game, you know, just as the, the offense seemed to finally be finding themselves in the second half there. Um, Not just that, but they were tied at 17, mm -hmm. tied at 17. They were in Patriots territory even if they had just kicked a field goal and taken the lead would have been huge. That was the defining moment of the game. And I would say to McCarthy, you know, last year, Devontae Mays, how he had two straight carries and he fumbled on them. Yeah. And both of them. And McCarthy benched him and said, I lost confidence in him. He cannot do that with Aaron Jones. No, you cannot lose confidence in Aaron Jones over that fumble because he is too valuable. And right now with, way your offense is sputtering, you need your most talented players on the field as often as possible. Yeah. And I mean, you even, I mean, you said it 14 carries in this game. That's uh, the highest he's had at least this season. Um, And I mean, outside of that fumble, he played a very good game. Um, Very good game. And and what also I think I saw was when they, when they uh, had him run out on some routes, he was man to man with, with linebackers all game. I'm surprised they didn't take more advantage of that. I am too. I'm surprised there wasn't more, um, you know, if you're running screenplays or something, why not try and get it to, you know, a fast running back like that? You, you think Jones would be like on the sidelines thinking, geez, look how they're using James White. I could do that. Right. Very much so. Um, And I, but I think overall is that, you know, that fumble aside, uh, the season that he's had coming in to uh, this halfway point of the season uh, you give credit for what he's been able to do with the minimal amount of uh, time that McCarthy has been able to uh, afford him in his mind. Um, and so I think if Aaron Jones, I think has been kind of the one net positive uh, really mm-hmm. without any blemishes yeah, outside of uh, outside of the fumble this past week, he's been available every game that he's been uh, you know, able to, he produces every time that he gets the ball and outside of that fumble, he really hasn't done anything to kind of lose confidence in anybody. So if anyone gets off scot-free, I think it's Aaron Jones. Oh yeah, definitely. To me, this, this last game, Rogers did not play that well. And let's also face it. The Patriots defense have not been that outstanding this year. They've allowed 24 points or more in like what, five or six games this year already. Mm Mm-hmm. And the Packers score 17. You know, the Packers need to take advantage. And Aaron Jones, he, he's so good at running between the tackles and running uh, 
north and south instead of always running east and west. So he's such a versatile back that I feel they have no choice but to consistently play him. And with Ty Montgomery gone, they better keep playing him more and more. No excuses for that. Agreed. So final verdict, I think um, Randall Cobb, I think, is seeing maybe a light sentence of some kind. Maybe a uh, sentence, maybe, maybe a house arrest, house arrest. <laughs> yeah. House uh, arrest. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers gets the benefit of the doubt. His past, uh, you know, benefits to the court. He has to do some community service, maybe. Yeah. You know, so go like community service with a fine, pick up some trash on the highway or something. And like after that. a year and after a year's worth, if he's better, it'll, the charges will get, be dropped. Exactly. Gets expunged off of his record. Um, but overall, the court finding Mike McCarthy guilty of murder. Guilty. Murder of this offense. Yes, we we uh, sentence you to life without parole of never coming back in the state of Wisconsin. We well, award, you, award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul, Mike McCarthy. We sentence we will you, not. We sentence you to Cleveland. <laughs> We sentence you to Cleveland. That is your punishment. You're going to be the new head coach of the Cleveland Browns. That's where a lot of the Green Bay guys are there. You can have fun with Wolf, John Dorsey, all those guys. You're going to Cleveland. Banish him to the Outlands. And you go from Aaron Rodgers to Baker Mayfield. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then, then of course, you can then make up with Demarius Randall as well. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Think about that little reunion in the locker room. (laughs) (laughs) clean his house again man (laughs) um so as we wrap up court here uh we wanted to touch on just a few things defensively as well um well the the news coming down uh yesterday packers signing a uh a free agent safety a a terrible podcast host that i don't have the name in front of me uh but i mean chris you you had looked him up and uh, really is the name worth remembering No, actually, it is not. You know, I looked him up. He's a fourth-year player out of Northwestern. He's played on a whopping three teams in 2018. That's this year, three teams. He was drafted by Cleveland. He was released after getting hurt. He was then signed by Houston in the practice squad, and then he was waived. Then he was claimed off by uh, Dallas. He was waived a month later. He then signed with the Jets, was waived a month later on this November 2nd, and the Packers got him today. He's the last three years, I think he's had uh, six tackles, and that's about it. So this is really just providing depth with Kentrell Bryce, you know, leaving the field with an injury. Leaving the field and Whitehead being – And then who knows if the NFL will punish Whitehead even more with a suspension for the slap to the face. More more egregious than any of the calls on Clay Matthews is what I said last night, in my opinion. Oh, yes, yes, that – that slap was vicious. <laughs> uh, safety play, though, too. Tremont Williams sees times at safety this past week. Your thoughts on him? Good and bad. The good, he made a great, I think it was James White, great tackle that would have been an easy mm-hmm. touchdown off the side. The one play that's going to stick out is the Josh Gordon touchdown at the end of the game. That, what, 55-yarder? Yeah. And But overall, long season, Tremont Williams is going to have to learn, adapt, like you know Charles Woodson adapted to playing safety when he was getting older Mm -hmm. Williams is going to have to do it too but which makes me uh, ask you 
Do you think Ha Clinton Dix could have performed better than Tremont did yesterday? I, I mean, two days ago. I don't know if it. I don't know if it actually matters because I forget who yeah. I saw seeing it. But if Haha was a liability on the field at that level, then somebody else on a lower level or someone you consider a lower level isn't that much worse. You know what I mean? And not so, only that, but we get a they get a fourth round pick and then don't have to pay them over exactly. Him, so. It's a win-win. I, I, I'll give Tremont the benefit of the doubt. Josh Gordon is a great receiver. He's learning the new position. I feel he'll get nothing but better throughout the year, and he's going to have to with the safety depth they have right now. Whitehead cannot afford to get ejected again for the yeah. rest of the season. Kentrell Bryce, we'll see his injury. And then also, speaking of injury, uh, during the press conference today, sorry, I'm switching a little bit back to offense, but Geronimo Allison possibly needing surgery on his groin is also pretty big. That is big. Um, but again, it, it's offense, no, but yeah, but it's mind. another it's another opportunity for younger wide receivers to step up, Scantling. which has been a big this year. Yeah. Mm hmm. Um, so we uh, kind of finish things up here. I want to remind you guys, as always, every single week to keep listening. Every single day as we get uh, closer to the game in Miami, thank God, finally back in the friendly confines of Lambeau Field, where the Packers have yet to lose a football game. Um, uh, make sure that you're following us all week for episodes every single day. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. Uh, subscribe, rate, review us uh, wherever you find us on your podcast listening apps. Uh, make sure you follow Chris and I on Twitter as well, at Chris Schimmel at DK all the way for myself. Um, Chris, any final words as we wrap up today's episode? Yep, I'm going to give you my statistic of the day. We, need, Rogers, the we need imaging for that. Everyone else has imaging for stat of the day. We need something. <laughs> imaging stat of the day? Oh. Well, right now, Aaron Rodgers has the highest passer rating in NFL history, 103.5. Well, six teams this year have a higher passer rating than that. Ten have a rating of over 100. In 16, over a rating of 95, Green Bay is 12th. So it seems like this whole passing league, it's getting easier for everybody else, but it's getting harder for Green Bay. I mean, we're just running up the score on Mike McCarthy at this point now. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is, this, this is beating a dead horse. We're, I mean, we're getting, we're getting close to putting the, putting the needle. I don't feel Sorry. bad. <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel bad. I don't feel bad. Right. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> thanks again, everybody for listening to today's episode. Hope you had fun with us. Uh, let us know what you think on Twitter. And again, like I said, make sure you're following us throughout the rest of the week. And, uh, you know, as always, even as dark as we might have been there a little bit, always go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Third and six, trailing 30 to 23. Two minutes straight up to go in the game. San Francisco showing a blitz through the A-gap, and here they come. Rodgers looking. Throws left side of the end zone. Touchdown pass, the Packers an extra point away from getting this game tied. Beathard on third down and three in the shotgun. Football to the 46 at Green Bay. Packers showing a blitz and here they come. Beathard looking, hit as he throws it, deep down the right sideline. And intercepted on the play. Spectacular interception by Kevin King at the nine yard line of Green Bay. Sam to Rogers looking right. 
Throws the right side. Think Brown makes the touch. Inside the 30 of the 28 yard line. Snap to Rodgers. Looking downfield. Throws on side. To the He's got it. Out of bounds inside the 10 yard line. Oh my goodness. What a throw and catch. Again, they beat Maven down the left sideline. Hunter Bradley, the snap. J.K. Scott down on one knee. Arm extended. Here it is. Placement made. Kick is up. And it's good. He is good. Mason delivers the dagger. One week after his worst day ever, he delivers the dagger tonight. And the Packers win 33-30. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.